0: everyone, and welcome to What Would My Shrink Say, a podcast where you get inside the heads of a couple psychologists and see life through their eyes. You'll never be the same.
1: So, uh, Nick, last week we kind of really went over a couple ways to identify values so that our listeners could, could... in order, so, so I'll recap a little bit. We're, we're talking about living assertively. And last week we did our first part on living assertively, which was kind of identifying those values that you'd want to live assertively for.
0: Yeah, so kind of seeing assertiveness in the, con, the whole point of assertiveness is to be able to go after your values, do what's really important to you.
1: Right, so that your efforts are really focused on what's important mm-hmm. to you. Right. And, and before
0: and, we could get to talking about the specifics, if values are so important, we had to talk a little bit about what values are and how you kind of think about them and clarify them.
1: Right, right. And so um, today we'll talk about once you have that list of values, how do you begin then to start pursuing them assertively? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's your first thought in that vein?
0: Um, so the, the first thing that comes to mind for me is asking for what we want. Um, this is something that I, in my work with my clients, comes up a lot. Is that people have, um, especially in relationships, um, often with spouses or romantic partners, um, people actually have a surprising amount of a surprising amount of difficulty asking for things that they want that are important to them. Um, which I think is especially hard because it seems like something that shouldn't be hard, <laughs> right? So I'll, I'll give you a specific example of um, a recent client of mine who we were working on this in therapy um she was recently married um and had had uh, known her husband for a while but um again just married and she was having a very hard time asking for sex this and it was starting to bother her because she was starting to feel kind of resentful of her husband mm-hmm. um that she wanted it she seemed to think that she wanted it more than he did because, uh, he wasn't initiating it as much as she wanted. Mm -hmm. Um, so there's the value she wanted, you know, more physical intimacy and sex in their relationship. Um, but when it came to actually just asking for it, she had a really hard time. And she, when we first started talking, she wasn't even sure why it was so hard for her. Um, so we really started exploring that, like what what happens when you at, when you even consider asking for sex, you know. Mm-hmm. And the the best she could kind of do at first was just that she gets kind of overwhelmed and just sort of n- vaguely kind of like nervous and it just can't do it. And then and then so then she decides, oh, forget about it. You know, I'll just hope that that he'll initiate at some point. Mm-hmm. Um. So I thought that so her
1: so interesting, though, because you kind of so for the purpose of continuity's sake, let's say she she selects this value of um, improving the relationship she has with her husband. And Mm -hmm. one of the things that she's struggling with in her relationship is physical intimacy is lacking for her. Yep. She notices I'm kind of recapping to make sure this makes sense to me. Um she notices, like, "Hey, I'm initiating a lot more than he is. Maybe he doesn't want that. I don't know." She gets confused by it. She doesn't want to disrupt the um, relationship, and she's trying to avoid conflict, so she decides, "I'll just passively then hope that he initiates more." More. Mm-hmm. So uh, she she actually chooses a really non assertive um, approach. Exactly. And she just says, "I'm going to passively hope for him to initiate more sex," and so. Um, if we look at that decision in line with her value of Mm -hmm. improving her relationship with her husband, probably a poor choice Yeah, being passive, right? Not lined up with her. Not lined up. Yeah. Not congruent with her values of, um, kind of having a, it sounds like a very connected Mm -hmm. and and physically connected relationship. So she says, well, I'm going to passively then wait for him to initiate, and I think um, that's where I interrupted you. Yeah,
0: okay. exactly. No, that, that's a good that's a good clarification. Um, so I think a lot of people can relate to this on some level. Maybe it's not sure. sex um, or even relationship-based, but kind of having something you want, feeling a natural inclination to, to ask for it or, or go after it, and then feeling like it's hard for some reason, right. you know, usually kind of emotionally on some level.
1: Whether it's conflict or it's vulnerability, or whether what, for whatever reason, it's mm-hmm. awkward or it's, it's hard. hard. Or, yeah. Yeah, okay.
0: So I think, you know, in general, trying to kind of figure out why it's hard is, is probably important, and that's, you know, I, I do that with my clients. But I, I want to jump right to wh- what we did to basically get her out of this. And she did. She was amazingly successful, actually, at learning how to and eventually getting more comfortable just asking for more sex. Okay. Um, and so the, the kind of uh, sort of sidestep approach that we took to um, working on this problem is my thinking was basically if she was better at asking for what she wanted generally, it might help her. It might be easier to ask for what she wanted in this specific area. So we, we kind of went through and came up with a list of very, very like minor things in the context of her relationship with her husband that she kind of would like didn't care that much about but you know all things being equal it would be nice so a few things were like she her husband would often like leave his dishes after dinner on the countertop next to the sink but generally wouldn't like wash the dishes and she didn't really bother her she was fine she likes washing dishes it was not a big deal but we said okay well like how much would that bother you to ask him to wash the dishes sometimes after dinner She's like, oh, I mean, I'd be, I guess I'd be a tiny bit nervous, but not that hard. Okay. So we just had her practice asking him periodically to wash the dishes more. And what she learned was that, hey, I, like, I can think about asking for something I want, feel a little bit uncomfortable, and then ask for it anyway. And you know what? It actually goes okay.
1: So kind of exposing her regularly to the behavior of asking.
0: Yes. And well, and more importantly, I think getting her acclimated or used to the discomfort that goes along with asking for what she wants.
1: Mm. So not only asking, but the emotional experience of asking. So we kind
0: of, the way I thought about it is we kind of like built up her stamina or like toughness, mental toughness for doing um, somewhat uncomfortable things in the context of asking for what she wants. Sure. So we, and then we, you know, we created a bunch of other things that were, you know, slightly harder and You know, there were probably five or 10 of these things. And then after a few weeks of doing this, we revisited the idea of asking for sex. And sure enough, it was because she had had three weeks experience of asking for somewhat difficult things, feeling that uncomfortableness, but realizing, hey, I can do it anyway. And it's not that bad that she found when she came to ask for more sex, it was substantially easier than she thought it was. Hmm. So I think that's a fairly generalizable strategy. You can, If there's some area in your life where you're, there's a lot of emotional resistance to just asking for what you want, instead of kind of beating yourself up for not being able to ask for that one thing, frame it as, okay, I need to work on strengthening my kind of muscle for asking for things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And do that a little bit in other areas that are easier. And then revisit the hard one and see what's changed. Does like that make that. sense?
1: Yeah, yeah. Kind of, kind of building a tolerance, or, or yeah, I like that. Working a, or building a muscle for asking. Yeah, it's sort and of the like, emotional experience of asking.
0: Yeah, if you went to the gym and you threw two hundred pounds on the bench press and you went to lift it and it you just couldn't at all and it crushed your chest, <laughs> the. It would be the solution. Wouldn't be like, well, I just can't do bench presses. I'd never do that. No, <laughs> right. It would be well. Let's try it with less weight for a while. Let's just do the bar for right. a while. Right. And then once we can do that, let's throw in some more weight. And you, you just work your way up. And I think fundamentally, kind of tolerance for uncomfortable feelings doesn't work all that different. Yeah. I think that that works a lot.
1: I think mean, that's a good approach. That's a really good approach.
0: Um, so that was mine, and specifically when people have trouble being assertive in the context of asking for something they want from someone else. I think that's mm-hmm. a common form of um, people having difficulty asking for what they want Yeah, and, and approaching things that are important to them.
1: Yeah. Well, I, and I like, um, I mean, she definitely saw, she was experiencing that resentment, frustration, distress um, from not getting the intimacy that she wanted mm-hmm. in her relationship. Um, and that's that's often, we talked about last week, kind of identifying values. Often you can kind of find a value in pain or distress, and that was mm-hmm. a really good way for her to kind of say, oh, here's a value that I have, or, or there's something in here that I'm missing and I want to be more assertive about. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a really good way to do it. So, and, and I know last time we talked a lot about values and kind of selecting those, and uh, with a lot of my clients, once we select those values, I, kind, I have them do an easy exercise where they just, we, I kind of draw a target, with like three rings mm-hmm. on the whiteboard, and the target will be kind of their performance in a certain value domain, basically. So okay. if they say, "Hey, one of my values is a healthy um, uh, relationship, and and maybe a sexual relationship with my partner." Mm-hmm. Right? I can, we do we throw the target up on the board, and we say, "Well, where where are you at on this?" Are you hitting a bullseye? You're doing really well. Are you outside of that a little bit, you know, or are you, are you further outside? Um, and so for for her on this one, she would have said, Ugh, you know, I'm not doing great on this one. This, yeah, this value is a little off for me. Right. And then you kind of can pursue goals like this one that you, you mentioned. Hey, can we start asking for other things to kind of get you ready to ask mm-hmm. for this value? Yeah. Maybe. Um, and so I think that's the the next step. Once you've identified a value and you're ready to be assertive about that value, the question the question you should ask yourself is where am I at in general on this value? Where mm. where am I? What what makes it difficult maybe for me to to pursue this value a little bit more assertively mm-hmm. and start addressing those things? That's a good start. Yeah. Really good start. Um and, and your client's experience in this was pretty good.
0: Yeah, it was pretty, so she, you know, with the whiteboard target metaphor, she wasn't like off the board, you know, she was in one of those circles, Sure, and maybe it's a little bit different if you're completely off the board with something, Sure, Uh, and we we can talk about that a little bit, but I think when you're, when something's kind of um, within reach, but just seems, you just can't seem to kind of make it happen, I think that's when that particular strategy can be really helpful to just kind of boost your strength a little bit in other areas, and then come back to that one.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I I'm curious, the, the reason she couldn't ask right away, avoiding conflict, whatever that was. Yeah. Was that issue also present in other areas of her life? Um or was it kind of specific to this issue with her spouse?
0: I you know, we so we went back and talked about that afterwards and in in this case it, it wasn't actually some bigger issue or oh. like baggage she had. It was just that she um she didn't anticipate that thing like her sex life would change when they got married. And so she was kind of confronted with this new surprise. She just assumed yeah. she'd be like, it'd be great all the time. And like, just just be having sex all over the place. and right. You know, like, but it wasn't that way. And so she just wasn't kind of a equipped or hadn't, you know, didn't have any experience, um, I don't yeah. know, asking for sex in this different context. So it was just about kind of, she just kind of needed to build the, the skill a little bit. Yeah. Um,
1: well, that's really cool. I'm glad that that helped. And and probably, I'm going to I'm gonna go way out on the limb here, and I'm going to guess that that strategy worked better than her hoping and waiting, <laughs> that he, that her husband would all of a sudden start initiating. Yes. Yeah.
0: It, in part, I think, because it, it, it stopped her from... Um, pathologizing herself like she was getting into these thought patterns of like well you know what's wrong with our marriage how come i can't ask for sex why can't you know she she was reading more into it than was actually there i think
1: she was answering the question of why isn't he
0: why isn't he why is this so hard for me and she was kind of assuming there was some really big Uh. deep psychological issue that was like preventing her from from doing that when really it was just, it was kind of a skill that she hadn't really built up much. Mm-hmm. She's, she was, her muscle in that area was a little bit weak. And so we just kind of built it up a little bit. Um, and that's not to say that there aren't major psychological issues, for instance, that can get in the way of things like um, asking for sex. And if so, you need to explore those. But I think it's important in the context of assertiveness that sometimes assertiveness is hard because we just we just haven't like practiced in the right way. Mm-hmm. And it just takes some practice. Um, It's not just going to happen or you're not just going to have some, you know, kind of out of thin air insight that's going to make everything better. Like sometimes it's just slowly building your way up.
1: Right. Right. Well, and and you mentioned something important too, which is her initial kind of frustration or resentment um, was building. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, And that's a really common thing that happens inside relationships where your needs aren't getting met. Yeah. um, That resentment and anger. And so that's a really good if you start feeling that, that's probably a really good time to hit the pause button and say what's going yeah. on in here that I'm getting angry.
0: Right. And you know, one thing that she said specifically that was helpful was that instead of looking at this problem as, well, there's something wrong with my husband that he doesn't initiate as much or there's something wrong with me that this is such a struggle, instead of internalizing it to one of one of them, we kind of reframed it as like, it's this skill that just needs to be kind of built up. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think that really helps because it it alleviates all that pressure and kind of guilt and like all that stuff from assuming it's some sort of deep internal problem. It makes it more about like this external, no, like we just got to practice. It's a skill I need to build up a little bit more.
1: How common do you think that is? I I see a lot of clients attribute um, struggle to deep psychological issues Mm -hmm. that they just need to uncover and figure out Um, or uh, they attribute struggle to outside forces, people, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Um, And rarely do they seem to think, I just have a skills deficit in some Mm -hmm. area, right? I'm just not good at X. Um, How often does that happen for you? Constantly. Really?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think... I think we're kind of ra- weirdly, even in kind of modern society, I think we still sort of tend to think about the mind as this like kind of quasi-mysterious, mystical thing that is even if it's not necessarily magical or spiritual, it's kind of very esoteric and unknown and like it's kind of out of your control and very mysterious. and Right. Um, and I think a, b- a big part of the way both of us operate, I think, if I can speak for you, is to you can learn to think about the mind in much more kind of mechanical terms, and there's some pretty straightforward things you can do that actually resolve a lot of these issues that maybe we, our tendency is to think of them as the result of these big, deep, you know, underlying yeah. psychological. Not, and not that those things aren't don't happen, but I think if you got, why not start with the <laughs> why not stop start with the simpler, easier solution? Try that. And if that really doesn't work, you know, then go see if it's because your mommy didn't love you. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, or or it's a it's just more functional to start there. I think so. It, um, I'm going to say a lot of things here, and I've already poked holes in several other things I'm about to say. So I'll, I'll try to <laughs> I'll, I'll try to circle it back and clean it up as best I can. But when you start with a basic assumption that a problem. Is due to external forces, other people, whatever it is, and not, not within your control at all. You, you're starting from a place of helplessness. You're, you've painted yourself into a corner because the situation is beyond your control already. It's due to other factors, and it might there might there might be some impact there. Right? I'm not I'm not trying to say everything's within your control and you control everything. I'm not trying to say right. that, but I am saying when you when you start and you frame a problem with this problem is due because my husband will not initiate sex. Mm-hmm.
0: right? Or, or there's something wrong with me.
1: Well, yeah, or there's just something like, wrong with like, me and yeah. whatever.
0: Both and, of which are outside of your control.
1: And then when you go to the, your list of, well, what can I do about that? It's like very nothing. nothing. I painted myself into a corner. So to start with the assumption that I, I wonder what else I could try to mm-hmm. address this problem. It puts so much control back into your hands, so to speak. And that is living assertively. What can I do to address this situation? Mm. Rather than framing it as, you know, I'd be perfectly happy in this relationship, but my husband won't initiate sex. Saying that, even describing the problem in that way, basically makes you this hapless victim to circumstance. right? And there's nowhere to go from there. Nowhere. Um, and so I think part of living assertively is being able to say there's something I can do Mm -hmm. something and maybe it doesn't solve it all together, but there's something I can do to address this situation. Does that make any sense? I think
0: that's a great point. And I, I don't think I've ever really thought about it in those terms specifically. I love that word. Try it's so non heavy. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like when (laughs) often when we're stuck, we assume it's something big. You know, it's someone gotta else's be, fault. It's my bad genes. It's right. my childhood. It's you know. Right. Instead of just thinking, like, kind of tinkering a little bit, like, hmm,
1: what if I tried this yeah. thing? What if or I do this? What if I? And, a, and 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 definitely, there's problems out there that are beyond your control. Sure, I get that. I, I really do. Um, and I still believe it's worth your attempts to mm-hmm. adjust, or or maybe if there's a truly a problem, you have no hope and changing then it's how do I help myself deal with this better or yeah. how do I change an environment or two or how do I um, reassess this goal or, or but there's you I think it's more important to remain um, an active operator in your problems rather than a very passive kind of hapless collateral damage victim hmm basically yeah um, And and that's kind of a common problem I see with a lot of people who struggle with assertiveness. They frame the issue as an external problem completely. Um, And if you do it that way, you're already stuck. Yeah, Yeah. You're already stuck.
0: I I suspect, too, that a a key to being successful in what you're suggesting, which is kind of try different things. Assume assume you have some degree of control over this and just try some different things. Mm Mm-hmm. I think one of the reasons people find that difficult or can't even really get started with that is that they assume they have to fix the whole problem right away with one fell swoop. Mm. And I think the the better thought, you know, so if, if you want to fix your sex life, don't think about it in terms of fixing your sex life. Right. Right. Think about it as. Well, can I increase intimacy a little bit more? Like can I when I'm watching Netflix with my spouse, can I sit next to them and set like literally next to them instead of on the other side of the couch because that's just the habit we've fallen into. Right. Yeah. And then what would happen if I just tinkered a little bit and like changed this one little thing? Might that move me a little bit closer towards this bigger thing or give me more confidence that I can actually do something? So breaking things down into smaller pieces is just almost always a good idea.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I have a client who has a value of continuing education. She, this person wants okay. to learn kind of constantly. Mm-hmm. It's a great thing, great yeah, goal. Totally. Um, totally. They, they're they looking at several programs for, for a goal that they have along that line, right? And there's certain programs that require a certain amount of time, financial investment, all of those things. Um, but she's able to kinda suss out what's the important part of this value to me? Right? What am I really after here? Um, and then as she pursued one, it kind of looked like, eh, that's not the right option for me. Right? It just really, really wasn't. Right? So she reassesses and she says, hey, this other option actually looks better for me. Right? But imagine if she would have gotten that one program and then just said, well, there's nothing I can do about this. You know? This is it. I signed up. I'm, I I. can't do anything yeah. about this. I mean, she's tied into it. The, then you've got to, like go through this entire program. Instead, she's like, well, what what, what can I change? You know, so she goes to the office of the program and they're like, hey, you can bail out and get X amount of your money out before. And she's like, oh, okay. So taking it upon herself to say, well, I need to investigate and see what I can do here, Mm -hmm. right? I may not be able to do what I exactly want to do, or get everything that I want. But she's like, what can I, what can I do? And she finds out like, oh, if you, if you check out of the program at this time, you get X percent of your money back. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, well that, that's better than, you know, I mean, just her being willing to say, what can I do mm-hmm. really opens doors instead of just saying, well, this is it. I, I'm I'm screwed mm-hmm. program, you know, you yeah, had to kind of really poke around at what can I do. Oftentimes you can find things that make your life a lot better as well. Yeah.
0: How would you what if someone said like yeah that's a great idea but like I just you know that's just so hard for me and like I just I always just assume the worst and that like I, I'm I it's basically outside of my control and how do you how would you encourage how would you help someone get to that point of getting better at trying different things?
1: Um Well I mean there there would be a lot of discussion around that Thought process, um, basically, but I would really want to kind of draw out that 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 line of thought is probably what led them to me in the first place.
0: Oh, so and, to get them to focus on literally how they're thinking.
1: Yeah, that that again, you're framing the issue as nothing I can do mm-hmm. all out of my control. And I think I'd really focus on that as, as the problem. Yeah. Basically.
0: So maybe one of the reasons you believe that or you feel like that is because that's constantly what you're telling yourself in your head.
1: Yeah, and and let's see if that's actually. I might have them test that. Mm-hmm. You know, behaviorally, is that is that you know a workable philosophy? You've you've experimented that. You have data with that. <laughs> um, but yeah, that that thought process alone would would hamstring you before you've even started any project. Mm-hmm. I would think. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd probably start there. Okay what would you do?
0: Yeah, no, I think that's a great one. Some sort of, um, if you think kind of those negative thought patterns are getting in the way of, you know, being having more of a sense of agency, willingness, being able to experiment and try different things, then yeah, I would want to flesh that out. Like I might have people start um, maybe journal a little bit, like when you feel stuck, like literally just get your thoughts and feelings out of your head and onto paper so you can see them. Right. I think that often kind of makes you more aware of how thoughts or feelings can be getting in the way. Um, so that can be one. Um, I mean, that's obviously what happens in therapy a lot. You know, yeah. that, that's a really good function of therapy is to get a kind of trained professional to help clarify for you what's going on internally that might be getting in your way.
1: Or, or illuminate that. Because I think mm-hmm. a lot of clients, I do a lot of thought records with clients and a lot of clients will come back with their first thought record and they're shocked at how... Mm-hmm. Negative, their mm-hmm. thoughts are constantly, you yeah. know, and they're like, "Man, I was pulling out this sheet of paper every two seconds of my day." You know, I'm constantly <laughs> telling myself these really negative mm-hmm. things all the time. Yeah, um, and and it definitely is going to impact your behavior.
0: Yeah, because those thoughts affect what we tend to believe and how we feel, which then is going to have a huge impact on our, you know, right. behavior and motivation and all that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah. So, to, to kind of go over what we've gone over, once you have your values and, and you, you're ready to start looking at doing some work in one of those value areas, mm-hmm. um, a really good kind of assertive behavior is to really kind of ask for what you need. If it's a relational kind of issue, mm-hmm. asking for or going after what you want is a really critical first step. And then um, assume that you do have some control over this area, mm-hmm. and really kind of look at what are my options here. What can I do to improve my performance in this value or my situation in this, in this yeah. vein?
0: Yeah, and that if you continue to be stuck, um, either break, try and break it down into small, a smaller step. Right, don't mm-hmm. take too big of steps um, and work your way up, or even try and get better in a related but somewhat different area that's a little bit easier, and then return. Yeah.
1: Um, you know there's a, there's a really interesting um along that line. I mean let, let's say you select a value of like financial independence. There's a good value to have. Okay. And let's say you've got a lot of debt um and you're really struggling and you're frustrated because right away you look at that value and you're like I'm way off target. I'm not doing well mm-hmm. here. Um and you're saying break that up into smaller pieces. Right, You don't have to save a million dollars by next year. What you do want to do, though, is probably t- chunk that up into smaller things and say, what can I do now? Mm-hmm. Right? What, can I start a little savings program? Can I start a little whatever that is? Chunk it up, you're mm-hmm. saying, into smaller parts. There's a really good book right now. Um, I think it's called The Atomic Habit. Or Atomic...
0: Mm-hmm. Atomic Habits. I've read it. I think it. that's it. It's a really it interesting book. Mm-hmm.
1: A, a lot about this principle of just changing things in a very slow um, but deliberate way. To amass kind of big outcomes later on, yeah. Um, and it was it was a really interesting read. I'd encourage people to maybe look that up. Um, but if you notice that you're really off on a value, that approach may be best to mm-hmm. really start looking at how do I get better at this. The idea is not to be perfect. The idea is how do I get better at addressing and and living this value in my life. That's assertiveness. That is assertiveness <laughs> in a nutshell. <laughs> Hey, everyone. Nick and I really appreciate you listening to the podcast. Please rate us on iTunes if you get a chance. And if you have any feedback or comments for us, that'd be great as well. And if you have any questions or topics you'd like us to cover in the podcast, let us know in the comment section as well. Thanks.